0: Welcome to the AdLaw Access podcast. This is Alisa Hutnick at Kelly Dry, and we are going to talk about CCPA, my favorite topic. This follows some of our prior CCPA podcasts, and if you're looking for any more details on some of the particular aspects of CCPA, please visit our our blog, adlawaccess.com. So, to start today, Given that time has passed and some of the last CCPA podcasts we've done, let's level set. We had the statute occur and there was a lot of scrambling to comply, interpret and comply with the statute. And over this past fall, we've been closely watching the amendments to see what was going to pass. The most notable, of course, is the employee exemption to the CCPA. It is a limited exemption. It's only for one year but at least it carves out the scope of employee data from some of the overall CCPA operational considerations that are happening right now. You still have to provide a privacy notice to employees, job applicants, contractors, but that is a fairly light lift compared to the overall CCPA obligations. The other key amendment that passed was a uniquely crafted business-to-business communications exemption that also is a limited one-year exemption and i would encourage you to look at the exact language because it is not an overall exemption for all b2b communications it really focuses on communications related to a transaction um, including due diligence or with respect to providing, receiving a product or a service, but it does not speak to business to business marketing. And so something to keep in mind in terms of what is still in scope for CCPA versus what is out of scope. Um, And certainly if you have another industry carve out like HIPAA or FCRA, Um, It's certainly important to look at how those exemptions on top of these may carve out further types of transactions from your CCPA scope. Then, after the amendments, we had the Attorney General's draft regulations that came out, and those were just an interesting read that you'd want to curl up in front of a fireplace with a cup of tea, Um, maybe just for some of us privacy attorneys. They were a lot, and it was a lot to take in. And for some of you who had already made substantial progress on developing your overall CCPA compliance framework, suddenly those draft regulations cause many to run around in circles and say, is everything, do I have to start all over? And I think the practical take on that is absolutely not. These are draft regulations. They are not law yet. They are subject to notice and comment. Even in response to the notice and comment, there yet may be another 15-day notice and comment. And then when they are final regulations, there's still more process, and there's still more time in the future before they become effective. So in other words, we have many, many months before those are going to be final. And from a priority and practical perspective, January 1 is coming up upon us. And if you've already made substantial progress, keep going perhaps make, pull, and adopt some of the lighter directional aspects of where the draft regulations were informative, but look to perhaps enhance, refine after January 1, but keep your eye on the ball. So that's the draft regulations. There is also the privacy advocate who started all of CCPA to begin with, with the original ballot initiative also has a new ballot initiative proposing to add even additional layers on top of the current CCPA framework. There are not enough signatures yet where we stand today, but something to continue to monitor to see how that may affect your CCPA overall focus and compliance obligations. So that is really the legislative regulatory amendment aspect. Substantively, now many months have passed How are companies wrestling with categorization and classification of some of these key terms? And so I just wanted to hit on some of the hot button frequently asked questions that we're getting. One starts at the very beginning with, which hat am I wearing? Are you a business? Is it a service provider? Or is it a third party? And so, I will take the perspective of if you are a business, you've already determined you're a business and really it's looking at the entities with whom you work, your partners, your service providers, your vendors, how to properly classify them under CCPA. And why that matters is because you either have a data flow with them that is a permitted business purpose as defined by the statute and therefore it's not a sale Alternatively, if it doesn't qualify as that service provider business purpose flow, then you're really talking about a sale to a third party. And depending on which and how you classify, you then have to provide notice in your privacy policy in an accurate way, because if you make a privacy policy representation that is not accurate, you can walk right into a potential false advertising suit. So that's always something to keep in mind, making sure that you use statements with precision and accuracy, and it starts with classification, which in turn starts with really understanding what the arrangement is with that entity. And for some examples, they are straight up vanilla service providers The agreement, even if it doesn't have magic CCPA language, really narrows how and under what circumstances they can use personal information. The harder question comes up with entities that you've treated as your service providers, but you may not either A, be aware of what is the right agreement that controls, and B, does the way that they use the personal information cross the line and turn it into a sale? and there's certainly some gray area here but things to keep in mind does the contract even if it's not magic language have some aspect that really does govern the data use are the definitions fairly broad enough to cover and apply protections to the data that would qualify as personal information and even if it's not a signed contract between you and the entity Is there another agreement that governs? For example, some companies may have a set of standard terms and conditions and a privacy policy that describes their solutions that is on their website. And those are important places to take a look to see how and in what circumstances do they use the data maybe, perhaps, for the benefit of others or for the benefit of that entity. And really drilling down and understanding what that situation is, is a key point to have them reasonably fall on the, are they on the third party sales side or are they on the service provider business purpose side? And certainly in the marketing context, there are situations where those entities could be your service provider, but they may offer additional solutions that go beyond a service provider classification and as to those additional solutions and that data usage, that might qualify as a sale. So just making sure that the way that you organize your operational considerations and compliance program get down to that level of detail as you plan. So that's service providers, third parties. The other key classification question that often comes up really is the question of, are we even dealing with personal information? And part of that speaks to privacy law has generally evolved so that you know, we all know that somebody that identifies Elisa Hutnick, that's clearly personal information. And we've evolved to where it's going to identify a device that is probably personal information. That's certainly what the Federal Trade Commission has been saying for quite some time now. But the use of unique IDs, unique IDs that allow a company to match, enrich, append, target, that kind of data point, the CCPA is treating as personal information if it's linked, linkable, reasonably linkable to a particular consumer or household. And so when you are doing the classification, it's important to know how personal information if it involves data at that level, including those types of identifiers, how that data is being used. Because the easier question, if it is only in the aggregate or de-identified usage scenario, then CCPA protections don't apply and you're not dealing with a sale. But often in this context, companies have been using data at the identifier level, and so it may require a change if you want to still treat them as a service provider, that they be able to represent that where they use data for their other clients, they are using de-identified or aggregate information. One of the other classifications I will just hit on that comes up a lot really speaks to your affiliates your subsidiaries when you don't have an obvious common branding so the way that the ccpa treats that is that is another entity and so if you have a data flow with that other entity you have to do the analysis of whether it's with a service provider or with a third party and many companies have shared systems and shared data pools and so suddenly they may need to consider that a little differently than they have in the past. And I would say it's fairly common for one's privacy policy to speak to sharing data with its affiliates, with a family of companies. And California addresses that differently with this common branding. And so for many companies, service provider does not really fit. But if you use the sale third-party construct, then what do you do when a consumer opts out and you have shared data? You would have to be able to treat the continued usage of that data by the affiliate as a service provider limited capacity. And that's doable, but it certainly is a lot of operational work. So one way that some companies are dealing with that is really looking Do we have common branding? Perhaps we've got different prominent brands, but do we have a logo? Do we have a shared trademark of some type that really brings it all together? And do we feature that logo or shared trademark in enough places that reasonably it does and should qualify as that common branding? So things to keep in mind depending again on how you classify. So those are just a few kind of core classification issues. We will definitely do another CCPA podcast that focuses on other operational issues like how to handle the rights requests and in particular with marketing and ad tech particular considerations to keep in mind. But that's a dose for now. Um, And thanks for joining. If you want to drill down on any of these things, again, please visit our blog adlawaccess.com. It's got a lot of much more detailed coverage on CCPA developments and we'll continue to post new ones there as well. Thanks so much.